folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am not excited to discuss uh, what was a pretty ugly effort, uh, not necessarily super encouraging effort from the Denver Nuggets as they lose to the shorthanded Atlanta Hawks, final score, 117-109. The Nuggets were down by double digits by halftime. In this game, they only put up 46 points in the first half. They put up 63 in the second half, which is more requisite with what you think of who they are and what they should be. But the first half effort just wasn't there against a team that was very undermanned in the Atlanta Hawks. They are like they have a foundation still. DeJounte Murray is still a very good pick and roll ball handler, and he clearly proved that tonight. Clint Capella still a player that kills Denver and kills Jokic sometimes when he's not fully on his game. And then they had a bunch of guys that stepped up that that made plays when Denver wasn't necessarily fully engaged. Rookie AJ Griffin was very good. He's a talented player and looks like a guy who can be very helpful for many years to come. He had 24 points on 16 shots and would have tied Nikola Jokic for the team lead on the Nuggets in points tonight. DeJounte Murray led every scorer with 34 points to go with eight assists and just one turnover. Life was very easy for DeJounte Murray tonight. There's no doubt about it. And it's too bad. Uh, The starters just didn't give enough effort. They didn't give enough focus in terms of trying to cut him off at the pass. And that's just kind of what happens in situations like these, where you rely on second-half effort in order to get you into it, and then DeJounte Murray still makes shots, even when they're tougher. So, it is what it is. This was kind of not a surprise in terms of what Denver was likely to do. They uh, had been lulled to sleep, I think, in terms of the last two Houston Rockets games, and then not seeing Trey Young, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter on the schedule tonight. I think Denver thought that they could take it easy, and that was further from the truth than anything that they could have thought. So on this podcast, we'll talk about the starters in the first segment, the bench in the second segment, and what did I have planned for the third segment? Uh, Focus. We're going to do focus. It's tough because we had just talked about being focused for 48 minutes in the Houston Rock after the second Houston Rockets win. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But let's focus in on the starters, and you got to start with Nikola Jokic, who is the guy who has to bring the effort. Let's be honest. Sometimes, if you just rely on the guys around you to get the job done, then you're going to get efforts like tonight. Jokic was very passive in this game. He attempted, I think, five shots in the first half, was not aggressive enough looking for his shot and the shots for other people. He was very comfortable floating on the perimeter, as he usually is. And whenever there was a soft double, Jokic would uh, turn around and throw to the open guy, and then they weren't as open as maybe he thought that they would be. That person then has to create, and sometimes it doesn't go well when you leave everything up to everybody else. Jokic tonight, not a good defensive night. I didn't think he was the major problem in terms of the defense, because there were definitely times where he turned up the effort, walled off the paint, and did a pretty nice job in terms of clearing the defensive rebound, making sure that he had the contest, but also the rebound. Uh, And there were times where Denver could defend tonight, 
There were very brief stretches, to be clear. But overall, Jokic just wasn't as good as he needed to be tonight. He was a minus eight in his 35 minutes, did have 24 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists. And those numbers are pretty much in line with what he usually does. So it's not like this is crazy. Sometimes he'll put up numbers like these in a win, and it's fine because everybody else is making the shots around him. It's not a big deal. But tonight, when Atlanta's going off and they're shooting the hell out of the ball, and the Nuggets aren't generating enough turnovers, and they are not hitting as many threes as they need to to kind of make up the difference, then Jokic is the guy who has to take over. He can't take nine two-pointers. He's got to take more than that. And though Atlanta did double him at various points, Jokic took too long to get into this game. It is on him to get himself into the game and get himself going. He's the leader of the team. There's nobody else that should have to do that. Unfortunately, it took him too long, and the Nuggets, as a result, lost the game. Jamal Murray, I thought, was solid as a second option tonight. 20 points, 7 of 14 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. He also had 7 assists compared to just 2 turnovers, and I thought that he was way more engaged throughout the game than Jokic was. I think that There were times where Murray was looking for Jokic to come along with him in that first half, and then Murray kind of had to do his own thing at times, but thought Murray set up Jokic pretty well on various passes. Thought he set up other guys, including Aaron Gordon on cuts, really, really well. And I thought that Murray was probably Denver's best defender tonight, which is not a great sign. Let's be honest. Like Jokic is somebody who has to defend consistently if Denver wants to win. KCP. Bruce Brown, they were brought in to play defense. Aaron Gordon was traded for to play defense. And if Jamal Murray is the guy who's going to give the best, most consistent effort and rotations and everything like that, that's not what you're supposed to have happen. That's not his job. It's good that he's setting the tone and that he was maybe a weak point at various points throughout the game. Not throughout the game, but throughout the season. Tonight, I thought he played pretty well. I honestly did. And... He didn't have to face DeJounte Murray a lot of the time, but when he did, I thought he was fine. Like DeJounte Murray was doing the same thing to him that he was doing to everybody else. And then there were some good rotations that Murray had on the backside where you're running an an empty pick and roll on one side and Murray's rotating over from the baseline and doing a good job of forcing guys like Clint Capella to make decisions with the ball and get the ball out of his hands and maybe make the shots a little bit harder than they should have been. I thought that Murray did a good job there, but I mean, it wasn't anything special. Let's be let's be clear. Like this was a good game for Jamal. This wasn't a great game for Jamal. He probably could have pushed even more buttons than he did. Still struggling to finish at times around the rim. But I mean, it is what it is. I think that this was a solid game for him, but it doesn't really come down to that. It's the defense. And not necessarily his fault, but he's a part of the defense too. Aaron Gordon, pretty disappointing game. Um, Had some good, efficient baskets at times, but he was probably the guy more than anybody on the starting lineup that just got caught looking the other direction when he should have been making a rotation or cutting off an angle or uh, just closing out hard or getting a rebound. 
Aaron Gordon only had four defensive rebounds tonight. Clint Capella had six offensive rebounds. You think, okay, was that on Jokic? Is it his responsibility to get all those rebounds? Well, Jokic got nine defensive rebounds by himself. If you've got a guy like a Clint Capella who is a fiend on the offensive glass, then it's on everybody else. It's on, it's on everybody as a team to rebound as a unit, to make sure that the defensive glass is cleared. And this is a problem that the Nuggets have had before, that if you are giving every bit of responsibility to Nikola Jokic, then sometimes he's going to deliver for you and he's going to do everything. And sometimes there are games like tonight where he doesn't do everything and then you struggle on the margins. And so Aaron Gordon, this is the perfect opportunity for him where he's guarding guys like Jalen Johnson in the first half, where Aaron Gordon should be dominating the defensive glass. Jalen Johnson's not shooting threes. You don't need to be out there. Aaron Gordon should be collapsing on the defensive glass, grabbing every single rebound. And there's no reason why Clint Capella should be able to out-rebound Jokic and Aaron Gordon. That is Aaron Gordon's responsibility as the back, as the starting power forward. So him not doing that tonight is pretty bad. He also had the most kind of head-scratching decisions on the offensive end where he would make some crazy odd passes and drives. And there were definitely some times where he finished really well and still finished 7 of 12 from the field. So it's not like it was bad. But he could have been way better. And there, it's just the detail stuff that you think about ad nauseum with this group. And the starters are usually good when it comes to kind of collecting on the details when you have to really kind of focus up. Aaron Gordon's one of those guys that can really do that for sure. Missed his threes tonight, didn't get to the free throw line, uh, turned the ball over. Not necessarily a great night for him. Bruce Brown, same thing. He got roasted by DeJounte Murray tonight. Aaron Gordon was the guy who had to then switch on to DeJounte Murray because neither Bruce Brown nor KCP nor Jamal Murray was really able to do much of anything with him. I thought Aaron Gordon probably had the most success of all of them on DeJounte Murray, but it's not a lot of success, let's be honest. Like DeJounte was still getting everywhere that he wanted to go, no matter who he was facing. And Bruce Brown was the main culprit tonight. Had the lowest plus minus of the evening at minus 14, and just did not play well. It was like he had three threes tonight, made one of them, and then he bricked one really badly and airballed the other. He's going to be an erratic three-point shooter, especially on the road. He's been way better at home in general, and that's not really a surprise when you have role players specifically, but Brown was very uncomfortable with that particular aspect of his game, and then went two of five from two-point range as well, not necessarily finishing those floaters and at the rim the way that you would hope for him to. So if he makes a couple of those other shots, then it's a good game, or at least a good game on the offensive end. Unfortunately, he wasn't good on the offensive or defensive end tonight, and probably one of the swing factors in why Denver lost. And then KCP. Uh, 30 minutes for him tonight, nine points, four of nine from the field, one of five from three. Some of the threes that he took at the end were kind of desperation threes where the Nuggets were trying to get back into it, but he was taking tough shots. Unfortunately, 
he wasn't getting easy threes tonight. The Hawks did a really nice job of sticking to him, making sure that they closed out to him really hard. And so the shots that KCP did get were all contested. And when you're in that situation pretty consistently, shooting one of five from three isn't really a surprise. But KCP has to find other ways to impact the game. He grabbed one rebound, had zero assists, one steal, and zero blocks, and just was more or less, well, he was definitely a role player tonight in terms of just spacing the floor and trying to play team defense, but the Nuggets didn't really have any team defense to play. So, not sure what he did tonight in terms of impacting the game positively. It's tough. Sometimes you have games like this. I don't necessarily put this on him specifically, but he had opportunities to help kind of swing the game tonight and didn't. All right, that's tough. It is what it is. It's very rare that Denver starters kind of get this outplayed, but sometimes it it just happens. So hopefully they can recover in this next game. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench lineup and the return of Bones Highland. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands. And now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. We're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. My birthday's on Saturday. If you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe. Leave a happy birthday. That would be awesome. Five stars if you can, or one star is fine. I Actually, just kidding. Please, please do five stars. Four stars is also acceptable. All right. Let's talk about this bench unit. Let's talk about the return of Bones Highland, who... Uh, it's nice to see Bones back, and he has definitely had it rough. There's no doubt about it. It's tough. Like I, I want to, uh, I want to be fair here. Like Bones has been out for a long time. He's been in and out of the rotation. None of these problems that the bench has been having are fully on him. But he's not absent of some of the problems. He's definitely part of it. And when you play the most minutes of anybody off the bench, you're going to get some of the blame if the bench doesn't do their job. I thought the bench mostly did their job tonight. There's definitely not – like Bones was a minus one. 22 minutes, minus one. Bruce Brown was a minus 14. Nikola Jokic was a minus eight. If you add up Jokic's and Bones' plus minuses, that's minus nine. That's about the game. That's about the margin right there. Actually, here, the Nuggets lost by eight. Jokic was a minus eight. That – that really says it all right there to me. But the bench could have been better. There definitely were opportunities. Bogdan Bogdanovich came back and wasn't himself in his first game action since uh, the offseason surgery that he had. He's been out for a long, long time and clearly wasn't very good. But other guys like Aaron Holiday, Onyeka Kongwu, Vic Krejci, 
Uh, DeJounte Murray staggered with that group and played really well. There were issues. There were definitely some issues with the way that Denver approached that. And I thought that Bones was part of it. I definitely don't think that he had the best game. Though he shot the ball well. 16 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. And deserves a lot of credit for being able to hit those shots in that situation. Unfortunately, he had two assists and four turnovers, and his defense was horrible, like straight up. This was maybe one of his worst defensive games of the season. And he's in a situation where he's playing backup small forward just as much as he is backup point guard because Ish Smith was out there as well. So Ish was guarding the point. He was guarding Aaron Holiday for most of the time and sometimes got switched on to somebody else. And then Bones was guarding either A.J. Griffin or Bogdan Bogdanovich or Jarek Culver when he was out there. Jarek Culver was a plus 15, and I remember at least two of his possessions were drives on Bones. And Bones let him right by, kind of opened the gate, couldn't really do anything about it when the bigger player got into his space. And that's always going to be a problem when you play Bones at the two because he doesn't really have the requisite size or the defensive intensity or intangibles to really make those plays. Now, it's his first game back. You don't want to overload. But I do think that Bones isn't just purely the solution to the bench. The bench has more layers to that, more issues than that. Bones is part of the, not not part of the problem. I don't, because I don't want to phrase it like that. Like, I don't want to put it on him entirely, but he hasn't had a great season, in my opinion. There are things that he has done well, like shoot the basketball, but that's only part of it. And I don't think that he has led the bench unit that well to the place where they need to go. I don't think he's set up DeAndre Jordan that well. I don't think he has involved other players that well, although he did get Vlaco Chanchar involved and was passing to him and set him up for some nice, easy shots. But Bones was fine tonight. Not good, not bad, just fine. Ish Smith played next to him. Not a great game from Ish Smith. Missed some plays, missed some shots, uh, made, like, had a turnover that was kind of uncharacteristic of him, had some defensive lapses for sure. Four points in 18 minutes, three assists, one turnover. Not a very productive evening for him. He has, like, he definitely tried to hook up with DeAndre Jordan in terms of finding that alley-oop over and over and over again in that first half. And he's been, he was hunting that play. The Hawks snuffed it out from an early area and from an early time. And they just couldn't really connect on that. And once that was that way, Ish didn't really have other ways to impact the game. He didn't play great defense. He didn't run, pick, and roll that well. And there's definitely some stuff to be desired with him. I do think that this could just be a situation where you need a little bit of time for everybody to gel, for everybody to figure out what their roles are next to each other when you've got musical chairs on this bench unit. But it still wasn't perfect. Vlako Chanchar deserves credit. 12 points, 5 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. 
did a good job of kind of propping up the bench unit with some good efficiency there. Uh, Three rebounds, one assist, zero turnovers, although he did try to turn it over a couple of times. There were some possessions where he looked very uncomfortable handling the ball and was being pressured by players in the half court, full court, whatever. He also had some bad defensive lapses, especially in that second half. Definitely not his best game, but definitely not his worst. Like it's hard to really point the finger and say, oh yeah, Vlatka was the problem when he had 12 points and was productive and just kind of did his job. So another solid performance from him. Deserves to be in the rotation consistently. Definitely not the issue when games like tonight happen. DeAndre Jordan, 13 minutes, one point, 0 of 1 from the field, 1 of 2 from the line, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, outplayed thoroughly by Onyeka Okongwu, who was plus 10 in his minutes. And DeAndre Jordan was a net neutral. He actually had the highest plus minus on the team, tied with Davon Reed, which is not something I think you thought would come from this particular podcast, but that is what happened. Um, a lot of that was the good shooting from Bones and from Vlatko, not necessarily anything specific that DeAndre Jordan did or anybody else. So hard to really parse credit for something like that, but I do know that DeAndre wasn't really the solution. Uh, he closed out short on several Onyeka Kongwu mid-range jumpers in that fourth quarter. And Okongwu helped win the Hawks the game when Denver needed them. Uh, when Denver needed the Hawks to miss, Okongwu was the guy who was hitting. So that's tough. That's a tough thing. I'm surprised that Zeke Naji didn't play. I don't think there was any reason for DeAndre to play over Zeke tonight. Okongwu isn't a big player. He's six foot eight, and then you probably need somebody who can switch as well. So it was weird, definitely a weird rotation decision for Michael Malone, as was playing Davon Reed. I'm not going to lie. Not really sure what Michael Malone was thinking about that one. Davon Reed plays six minutes, does have two points and two assists in his six minutes, but he was the mark defensively. He was the guy that the Hawks were just going after consistently. AJ Griffin was taking advantage of it. Bogdan Bogdanovich found his limited opportunities. Aaron Holiday just got right by a guy like Davon Reed. It was a really bad defensive performance performance from Davon. And that's not what you want to see. You want to see guys like him stepping up and really focusing in on the defensive end and not being turned around in circles. But he didn't play in the second half. Bruce Brown staggered with the starters or with the bench in the second half for that reason. And it would not surprise me if Davon was out of the rotation for next game because I'm not sure what he has added. You could say the numbers. You could say like he had a nice shooting game one of these times. That was about it. There hasn't been a lot else that Davon has really added to the mix. The playmaking isn't there. The rebounding isn't there. The defense certainly isn't there. And right now you're just thinking, okay, is he going to space the floor? Is he going to hit some shots or is he not? And I don't think that that's the reason why you should keep him on the floor. He's one of those guys that, I don't know, like I would rather be developing Christian Brown as one of your perimeter defenders when defense has been such an issue. 
And the fact that Christian Brown has completely disappeared from the rotation, I do not understand it. There were justifications before. Christian Brown wasn't necessarily doing everything that Michael Malone was asking of him. But I don't think Davon Reed is either. I don't see what Davon has done over the course of these past five games to really earn that right to play. Where at least Christian was playing consistent defense. I don't know what Davon's bringing. So, gotta think that that'll change over the course of these next few games or so. If it doesn't, then I'll have some major questions. But the bench unit, still unsettled. There's definitely still some issues. Michael Porter's eventually going to come back and he'll start and Bruce Brown will move back to the bench. So this, these questions are all going to be asked again in terms of what makes sense. I think Bones is probably going to have to be there. I think Bruce Brown's probably going to have to be there. And if Bruce is your two, then you've got a three, four, five that you need. If Bruce Brown is your three, and let's say you played Jamal Murray with the second unit, you've got to find a four and a five. Guys that are versatile and, and capable. Vlaco's probably the guy that I would think makes the most sense with those three specifically, but you've got to find somebody else too. So a lot of questions, a lot of stuff that the bench needs to figure out. But for now, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to discuss focus once again. We'll be right back. segment pickaxe and roll thank you so much everybody for tuning in let's wrap this one up by talking about focus let's talk about why the nuggets are still having so much issues with bringing it every single night i've talked about this before i talked about this on wednesday night when denver they didn't really focus that well when it came to uh, the, the games against Houston. And you can understand why. When the games against Houston are as easy as they are, you don't respect them. You don't feel like you need to give that much effort. But for a team where you've always talked about, it's about you. It is about building good habits. It's about building towards becoming a championship contender. There are things that they're doing in that process that have really helped. Like I think Jamal Murray is a completely different player than he was from game one to now game 22. But the rest of the team, I'm, I'm just not really sure what to, what to think about it. You would think that Michael Porter being out, that this team could really lock in defensively. That Michael Porter's probably your big weak link defensively in terms of knowing exactly where to be, what to do consistently applying good effort. And you've got your starting lineup now that features Jamal Murray, KCP, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. That should be a group that can give you good, consistent minutes for most of the time. And yet, over these last two games especially, I think the the first Houston game, they were pretty clearly dominant in that one. But this last Houston game, as well as this Atlanta game tonight, the starters have just kind of screwed around, for lack of a better word. They 
know how much better they are than most of these teams. And when you see a game like tonight on the schedule where it was initially going to be Trey Young and John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, along with DeJounte Murray and Clint Capella, that would be a really big test for who you are. And I think the Nuggets rise to the occasion when it comes to those tests. Unfortunately, when you're facing another team that's just bereft of like massive talent, DeJounte Murray, though he is an all-star, isn't necessarily like in that class in terms of the top tier players. So it doesn't necessarily feel like you're getting a massive effort from the opposing team. And then Denver kind of lackadaisically walks into that game, immediately loses their minutes, gets behind the eight ball, and then Denver's down 14, 15 points at halftime. Now, the fact that they came back from that and evened up the score is a good thing. Like You, you know that Denver has that gear where Jokic really turns it into overdrive. They start pushing the pace. Murray's hitting outside shots. There were good signs from tonight, despite the fact that they did end up with a loss. But it's one of those things where if you don't lock in from the get-go, you open yourself up to all of these problems and you get hit with losses like these where you just let the other team hang around because you believe that you're better than them and then they hit the shots when they need to and you can't make it up. That's what happens. And unfortunately, that's just a thing that happens in the NBA and it's not something you can really control. Take tonight, for example. Here are the teams that lost tonight. Here are four teams that lost tonight to separate games against mostly bad teams. The Milwaukee Bucks lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Phoenix Suns lost to the Houston Rockets at home. The Boston Celtics lost to the Miami Heat in overtime. The Heat have been bad this year. And then the Nuggets lost to the Hawks, which is probably the like the most reasonable loss of them all, if we're being honest. But they were without Trey Young and John Holland, John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, and it definitely seems like an opportunity that Denver missed. Now, if you told me that the Hawks were fully healthy and Denver lost this game, I'd be like, eh, it is what it is. But Denver just has not had that killer instinct. They're not a team that has that killer instinct. It's one of the things that I talked about on Wednesday when it comes to them blowing open leads. And when you're up 20, taking that to up 40, as opposed to just hanging around 20 for most of the time and just getting complacent. The Nuggets are very clearly a bored, complacent team right now. They're a team that needs to be challenged. They're a team that needs to be consistently pushed to be better. And if they're not, they're going to get comfortable. And that's just kind of what happens sometimes with even really good teams. Even championship caliber teams will have this happen to them. I don't want to sit here and say the reason that the Nuggets are going to lose the championship is because they lost to the Hawks on December 2nd, because that's unfair. It's also just dumb. But the reason that the Nuggets are going to lose the championship this year is because they can't lock in defensively for 48 minutes. It doesn't matter if it's against the Hawks or the Los Angeles Lakers or the Golden State Warriors. If the Nuggets can't lock in at the right time for those defensive minutes, 
it doesn't matter what the offense does. They are going to lose. And it's a little bit jarring that despite the fact that Michael Porter's been out, that even Bones Highland has been out, guys that you think aren't necessarily your best defenders, that Denver just still hasn't been able to put together a complete effort defensively. I suspect that if Denver really tried, and if they're really focused up, then they could have a really strong defensive game against pretty much anybody. But they're not focused. And that's just kind of the fact of the matter right now. It's too bad. It's not what anybody would wish, but it's just who they are. It's just what this is. And so until they prove that they can lock in on a consistent basis, I'm going to continue to expect them to do this. Where they're 14 and 8 right now, they probably should be 16 and 6 or 17 and 5 or something like that based off of their talent level and based off of the level of teams that they've faced so far this year. Denver's had a really easy schedule and this game absolutely counts within that. It's a road game, yes. They're going from west to east, yes, but you did have a day in advance in order to rep and prepare. And I do think that when you're without Trey Young and John Collins and DeAndre Hunter on the other side, this is a game that you can feel like you should take advantage of. And Denver just didn't do that. So, look, here's the thing. Denver has an opportunity to make up for this against the New Orleans Pelicans. A team in their division, towards the, or in their conference, towards the top of the conference, actually right behind them in the standings, actually they're tied. Denver is 14 and 8. New Orleans is 14 and 8. New Orleans has a 6.6 point differential. Denver's is at 1.8 because they mess around. New Orleans is probably like if you're asking, if you did a blind resume, of which team is actually better than the other, New Orleans would get most of the votes because of their point differential, the kinds of teams that they've faced, and how they've performed in those situations, and they've had their own injury issues. So it's going to be a tough test. And Denver is going to have to go against Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and players like that on 1.30 on a Sunday. And that is going to be a tough game. If they can get that win, though, does that make up for this loss in Atlanta? Probably. It probably does, in my opinion. I know Nuggets fans won't want to hear that, but you just have to win a certain number of road games. It's not like you have to go crazy. Denver has an opportunity to improve in their road record. Let's see if they can do that. Let's see if they can do that against a Western Conference team. It's not like they can't win that game. In all honesty, given their talent level, they probably should win that game. Whether they do or not, after a Saturday night on Bourbon Street, we will see. But for now, that is going to do for this episode of Pick Axe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I will be back on that Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening or so, talking about that Nuggets game against New Orleans. We will see whether they can pull that one out or if it's going to be a little ugly. 
just going to have to wait and see. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. I'll talk to you guys very soon.